If you're not following the instructions, if you're not following the word, you're following a lie. Hello? You know, the other day I, I bought, it, it's, how many people know it's hot? So I decided to go buy a little small pool for my kids because they, they were using a bucket at one time, little metal buckets like we used to do back in the day. They were inside the little bucket and they're all going crazy. I'm like, man, if they're going crazy for a bucket, I'm going to go get them a pool. So I go get a pool, I pump it up, and I put it there, and I put it on a slant foundation. It looks straight to me. And I figured, you know, nah, I don't care what, I didn't read instructions, right? Forget it, I know how to do it. I put many pools up before, so just put the pool there, put the water in. Next thing you know, the water's flying out, and Cruz is putting all the water out, and half of it's this high, and the other half is this low. And water's going, it's just flooding out. I go, there's something wrong with this dumb pool. There's nothing wrong with the pool. There's, there's something wrong with the dummy that didn't follow the instructions. The instructions said put it on flat surface. Amen? You cannot change the instructions. And I don't care what Satan says. He may say it looks pretty flat. Listen, if it's not flat, if it's not the word, guess what? It's a lie. And so Peter begins to remind them, listen, if it happened then, it will happen again. Right now we are dealing with, listen, he said, I am going to destroy the earth like I did in the times of Noah. And we talked about it. There was an explosion, someone say explosion, of sexual immorality. You can't look nowadays without sexual immorality and it just flaunted, it's just it paraded. It's paraded even in Jerusalem just recently. It's paraded all over the place. It's paraded on your TVs. It's paraded in your radios. It's paraded everywhere you go. It's magazines everywhere, and it's, it's Internet. It's, it's just paraded. Sexual morality is paraded everywhere. It's okay. Whatever feels good, go for it. You only live once. That is a lie. So there's an explosion of sexual morality. There's an explosion of demonic activity. Amen? There's an explosion of it. Let me tell you something. Satan was a murderer from the beginning. He lied to Cain and said, listen, Cain, you can worship the way you, whatever way you want to worship, whatever feels good, Cain, go ahead and worship that way. God will accept it. You know what? God didn't accept it. God specifically told him how to worship. Amen? Amen? Oh, I'm sorry. God must be kind of, listen, if how many people go, go to a restaurant and order something? What do you usually order? Anybody? Tell me. Breakfast burritos, right? What else? Tacos. What kind of tacos? Carne asada, pastor. Listen, what if I put brains in it? What's that called? Sessels or gessels or messels? I don't know. Some type of weird stuff. What if I just say, you know what? I, I don't have. Here, here's some, eat some brains. Here's some lengua. Well, some people like it, but you didn't, if you didn't order it, and if you don't like it, you, listen. When God gave us an order, and we are waiting on him, hello, there's nothing worse than a bad waiter. I'm going to talk to this good waiters over here. When you order something, you expect to get what you order, amen? Because you're paying for it. Well, Jesus paid, God paid for it by sending his son to die on the cross for your sin. And he expects your worship to be a certain type of worship. And I don't care if Satan says, did he really say? That's exactly what he said to Adam and Eve. Did he really say this? Did he really say this is wrong? Did he really say that this is going to happen? Did he really say? Yes, he did. And Peter's reminding us what he said. And so we go 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This is what it says. 
But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord one day, someone say one day, is a thousand years. And a thousand years is what? One day. And I'm going to give you a little quick history lesson. From Adam, someone say from Adam, to Jesus, 4,000 years. Someone say 4,000 years. From Jesus to now, another 2,000 years. Amen? So if we would do the math, it is 6,000 years. Will we agree with that? 6,000 years have been completed. Six is the number of man. Five is the number of grace. Seven is the time of completion. We are in the 7,000 year. But if you do what it says here, it's only been six days. And we're going into the seventh day. On the seventh day, he what? Rested. He created man on the sixth day, right? In other words, he let man be man on the sixth day, but on the seventh day, he rested. And God would not always strive with man. He's not always going to woo man. The time of man has come where, guess what? The grace, when God found grace in Noah, he says, listen, he found grace in one person out of millions of people. Millions of people decided to say, this guy's crazy, like they're saying to us. If you're just the one guy building your ark in the middle of the desert, keep building because guess what? It's going to rain. It's only been six days going on the seventh day. And how long has Jesus been gone? If we say Jesus has been gone for how long? 2,000 years? How long has Jesus been gone? Two days. According to the word it says, right? Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that to the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. So when people say, oh, Jesus has been gone thousands of years ago, Jesus has been gone for two days. I got news for you. On the third day, he came back. And it makes perfect sense. On the seventh day, he rested. On the third day, he came back. Jesus has only been gone two days, according to Scripture. But people want to forget that. And he says, beloved, don't, don't let them fool you. I know it's been 2,000 years, but in God's, there's no, God doesn't have a clock like us. In God's eyes, it's only been two days. But on the third day, he rose again. And on the third day, he's going to rise again. And we're living in that third day. We're living in that seventh day. And then it says this, very simple. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. We just said that his promises are yes and amen. God always, God never breaks a promise. If God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. God promised me I'd get all my hair back in heaven. When I was little, I used to have long hair. I don't want long hair. I just want just a fro. I can't grow one like Cruz. You ever see Cruz's hair and Gianna's hair? I'm jealous. They always look at me, why are you bald? Everybody else has hair. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe because my promise is nice up in heaven. But when God makes a promise, he keeps it. We don't have to beg him and plead with him and, and, oh, please, did you really say that? Yes, he did. You know why? Because the word has never came back void. And he promised. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. In other words, he's not just delaying just to delay. Well, what is he waiting for? Someone say, thank God. Someone say, thank God. He is delaying a little bit. Someone say, thank God. He is delaying a little bit. Because some of us here in this place would not make it. 
And especially we have some loved ones that won't make it. And it's our job like Noah to keep preaching, keep proclaiming that he's coming back. Amen. He's been gone two days. He's coming back on the third day. He created the earth, you know, and, and six days and man on the sixth day and the seventh day he rested. So we're right there. And I told you the abundance of this, the abundance of that, the abundance of this. Let me test it. The world is in chaos right now. United States of America is so divided now than any time in the history. There's bombings in here and there's wars over there and there's stabbings over here. And, and the world is and everybody's, you know, some people are in fear. They don't want to go to work. They don't want to go to the beach. They don't want. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you somebody who's not shaking and that's Jesus. He's not afraid. It's not like he's slack or what's going on. He's not blind to what's going on or dead to what's going on. He sees what's going on. The Bible says unless he shortens the days, even us will get fooled. I said, unless he shortened the days, even the elect will get fooled. And so when it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, he's not willing that any, someone say any, should perish, but all should come to what? All should come to what? Who's he talking to? He's not talking to the world. This letter was written to the church. He's not willing that any of the people of the church should perish. He's not willing that any of his children should perish. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, whoever. Someone say whoever. You are whoever. Whoever believed in him would not, what, perish, but have eternal life. And he's not willing that any should perish. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to his children. He's speaking to his beloved. I mean, no disrespect to anybody else. If something's taking place, I'm going after my children first. Oh, that's selfish. They're my children. They're my inheritance. They're my legacy. Hello. God is coming after his children first. Whether you believe in the rapture or not, whether you believe it or not, listen, whether you believe it or not, I, that's up to you. You don't have to believe in the rapture. But there is a second coming. But if there happens to be a rapture before the second coming, praise God, I'm ready. I want to go on the first trip. Well, I know what you're saying. Well, I'll die for Jesus. You can't even live for him. I got a good, bad look right now. I'm going to this section. What do you mean I can't even live for him? If they told you, okay, you, you can't buy nothing no more. Well, I won't buy nothing. Okay, then how do you get to work? How do you get your gas? How do you get your food? How many people know that everybody has a chip in their, in their, their cards? Like it or not, you have a chip. I don't want the chip. Well, then you don't have no card. Pay cash. And then when you pay cash, people look at you like you're a fool. Like, what, what is going on here? Don't they have a card? <laughs> your phones have chips. Your license have chips. Your license have, everything has uh, the mark of the beast in it already. So like it or not, it has it. And you're saying, well, then why are we using it? Well, you have to use it. Until they tell you you have to use it and put it in your arm or in your head. We're going to get into that later. But I just want to stress the point. It's like how important it is to be ready now. How important it is to go on the first trip. How important it is when he calls us that we're ready to answer. Amen. We're not out there eating fruit that we shouldn't be eating. 
or doubting the things that we're doubting because guess what? Where's his promise? He's not pro- his promise is not slack. He's not delaying. He's willing that his church should perish. I mean, his church would not perish. And if you don't believe me, Jesus himself spoke about it. Matthew, real quick. He says, the kingdom of heaven shall be like in ten virgins. Some say ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven shall be like in ten virgins. Some say ten virgins. In other words, that represents the church. It doesn't rep- it said it didn't say ten heathens, ten people of the world. He said, the kingdom of heaven shall be like in ten virgins. I believe there's hundreds of virgins here today. Amen. We represent the church. We're the bride of Christ. And maybe physically you're not a virgin. Spiritually you're a virgin because we're not one with the Lord yet. Amen? Amen? We all clear? Okay, so guess what? We are the virgins. We are the virgins. And there's more than ten here. Now five of them were, someone say wise. And five were what? Those who were foolish took their lamp and took the oil with them. But the wise took oil and their vessels with their lamps. Listen, but while the brown by the while the bridegroom was delayed, someone delayed. He's not slack, he's just a little delayed. He's probably pleading with God and saying, just a little bit time, just just a little bit more. He needs to get saved. He needs to repent. God, that's my favorite son. That's my listen. How many people know that God has favorites? Do you realize that you're God's favorite children right here in this section here? Amen? You're God's favorite children. And so are you and you and you and you. How many people have children? They're your favorite, right? Now, some of them get on your nerves, but they're still your children. But they're all your favorite. And my kids think that they're all my favorite. You know, I'm dad's favorite. I'm dad's favorite. Yeah, you are. They don't know which one it is really, but, you know, I'll keep that to myself. But you are God's favorite children. And the reason why he's delaying, the reason why he's slack right now, as some count slackness, is because he's not willing that any of us should perish. Not willing that any of us should be fools. You know what fools say? We have more time. Amen? But you know what also fools say? Run to the mountains and hide. Those are fools too. We have to live our lives like, guess what, he's coming today, and we have to live our lives like he's coming 10,000 years from now. It doesn't matter. We need to be prepared now. We need to continue to build the ark now because at any time, at any moment, he could, it could start raining. And even if you said the ark is not built, I'm pretty sure God could help you. He could help you build it a lot faster than you can. So the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As he delayed, he sl- they, listen, they all slumbered and slept. Someone say, at the midnight cry was heard, and behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now listen to this. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answer said, no. Lest there should not be enough for us and and you. But go rather there, those who sell and buy for yourselves. In other words, the world are the... The virgins that with half oil or a little bit of oil, they'll want our oil. And you may say, well, that's kind of greedy, right? Why Shouldn't we give them some oil? How about this? Give them some oil now. 
before he comes. Hello? Give them some oil now. Tell them about getting their own oil now before he does come back. Give them the warning now that he is coming back. Give them the warning now that you need your oil now. Because guess what? When it's time for us to have our oil and it's time for us, I can't take nobody with me. Even if my children want some of my oil, I can't give them some of that. Even if my wife decides to go out and do something, you know, and go out that way, I, even as much as I love her, I can't give her none of my oil unless I don't make it myself. In other words, what he's trying to tell you right now is don't mix with them. In other words, make sure that you're full of oil. Make sure that you're full of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're, you have wisdom. Make sure that you follow the word. Who cares if they say they're Christian? Hello, I'm a Christian and I believe this. I'm a Christian and I believe that you can have two wives. I'm a Christian and I believe that you should be able to marry whoever you want. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I pay my tithes. I believe that God's word is not relevant for today. I'm a Christian, and I, I see nothing wrong with women running their own, the home of a man. I'm morally sound. I pray. I do all. Let me tell you something. Those are called half-filled oil Christians. Because if you have wisdom, you would follow in the instruction. And God says, for this reason, you shall leave your father and husband, and you will cleave to your wife. God gave us instruction how to marry. God gave us instruction how to live. God gave us instruction how to be wise. God gave us instruction how to be a Christian. It's not what we think. Well, I think this, Pastor. Well, that's great. Your best thinking got you in trouble. If you thought so good, then you would have your oil filled. You would have clearly seen that, hey, guess what? Now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I see the word of God clearly now. How many people give their interpretation of the word? I think that it means this. It says what it says, and it means what it says. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He said there's going to be ten virgins. Five have oil. The other ones don't. The ones that didn't have oil, they're going to come to us and say, give us some of your oil. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I cannot be contaminated with yours. But it is our job to make sure that they have oil now. Don't wait to the last days and say, oh, my God, kids, look it. Now it's the last days. Get your oil. Tell them now to get their oil. Tell them now to go buy and sell and do whatever it takes to get filled. Because let me tell you something what's going to happen. But the wise answer said, no, lest they should not be enough for us. But you go rather buying those and sell. And while, listen, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went. Someone say, those who were ready. Now, listen, I can say, are you ready? And you can say, amen. Right? Is that the right answer? Are you guys ready over in this section? That's right. That's what I thought. Amen. Are you guys ready to meet the Lord in this section? A little bit more ready. Are you guys ready to meet the Lord if he comes today? Now let's get these guys saved over here. Are you ready? The Bible says people get ready. Because when he comes, he comes like a thief in the night. I said, when he comes, he comes like a thief in the night. When he came, I hear when he came to the, the, the bridegroom, he came like a thief in the night. He didn't tell them in advance, hey, you know what? I'm going to come at this hour, this time, and this moment, at this thing. Guess what? They would have went and got some oil. They would have partied the whole time. Someone said, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
They would have partied the whole time, had this, the, 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 the whatever, the worldly attitude this whole time and said, you know what? I think it's about time to get some oil because I think he's coming. But the Bible says he comes like a thief in the night. Has anybody ever got ripped off before? Has anybody stole something from your car at night? Anybody? Raise your hand. Some of you did the stealing, so don't put your hand down. Some even stole from the south and said, oh, we got ripped off when they really ripped themselves off. Because, yep, yep. Listen, they came at night like a thief. They got your stuff. And guess what? Man, if I only would have known. Exactly. Right? Man, I would have, I would have, man, I would have socked that dude up. I would have, I would have done, don't we say that? Man, if I would have known that guy was, listen, if you would have known, you would have never got something stolen from you. If you would have known that he was coming back tonight, would you be ready? Because you know what's going to be crazy? I'm going to tell you the truth. Because the truth will set you free. When Jesus comes back at night, the midnight cry, he's going to take the church. People are going to wake up in their own house and say, where's my dad? Where's my wife? Where's my husband? Where's my children? I can't find them. Where are they at? And they're going to put it on the TV. They're going to say, Oh my God, not my, somebody stole the kids. Somebody stole my wife. Somebody stole, the, the, somebody, somebody, they left. Or was, I, I don't know. And you know what? It's going to be all over the world because God's going to come and take his children because their oil is filled. And those who have half oil, they're going to be here and they're going to say, you know what? I think I can write out this tribulation. You, you have a difficult time living without the tribulation now. I was telling Pastor John, you know, back in the day when police officers would follow me, I would be all mad. Dumb cops, you know, why are they following me? You know, they're trying to pick on me, and, you know, you know, I, I can't stand these cops. And you know why I was like that? I didn't have a license, no insurance, <laughs> stolen tags, borrowed this car about 10, you know, 10 days before. Dumb people, uh, 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 you know, I can't believe they're trying to pick on me. They're not picking on you. We broke the law. Then I got my license, insurance, seatbelt on. I don't care who follows me. And that's the attitude that we should have. If you're obeying God's law, I don't care who's following me. I don't care who's behind me. You, let me tell you something. God's not shaking in his boots what's going on. My God is so good. He's so great. He's so powerful. He's so mighty. At any time, at any moment, he could come and take his church and goodbye. He's not up there saying, oh, oh, you know, what are we going to do? He knows what to do. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows what it's going to take. He's not saying, who's, oh, who's going to be the next president? And how is this going to happen? And how is this? Listen, he's not shaking. He's God Almighty. And he's my dad. But I better make sure when he calls my name, I'm ready. I, hello, hello, because some of us are out of shape. Oh, why'd you go there, Pastor? I'm talking spiritually, not physically. Physically, man, I can't stand when my son tries to pick with me because he, he's a wrestler and Muay Thai and all this stuff. And he's like, "Come on, look at the jab, the jab," and he tries to squeeze my neck. And I, you know, I try to play it off, man. I don't, The reach, the reach. And he's hip-popping me and squeezing my neck. And I'm, 
I'm like, man. So I, you know what I do real quick? Because I know if I don't get him quick, I'm going to run out of shape. He'll kill me. I just squeeze him really hard. You know, put all that chubby weight on him. And then he's like, why'd you do that? I was like, see, don't mess with me. I'm happy don't mess with me. But we're not going to be able to fool God. We need to be in shape. Spiritually in shape. You know, I know, I know what we're thinking. You know, I, I need some time for myself. You're going to have plenty of time in heaven. Hello? Plenty of time in heaven for yourself. With no more tears and no more crying, no more suffering, no more temptation, no more death. No more. Come on. You, without that sorrow, without that. Listen, you, you don't have to get up at 6 in the morning and go to work. You can go fishing. Play basketball. Whatever you want to do. But let me tell you something. If you're not, here, you're not happy here worshiping on earth, then don't go to heaven because we're going to do a lot of worshiping too. And I don't know about you, but I want to build some stuff. With, with, the, with the right mind, with the right attitude. I want to see people, you know, really rejoice. And I, wanna, I just want to have an awesome, beautiful time with my Jesus. But we better make sure we have our oil. Now listen to what he says. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready, someone say ready, went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Someone say the door was shut. Doesn't that sound familiar? When God took Noah, he what? He shut the door. I said he shut the door. Let me tell you something. We live in a day and an age now that there's billions, not millions, billions of people doing the wrong thing. Don't be one of them. Be like Noah. Follow the instructions. He was in the wilderness. He was in a desert, and he was building, and he was sweating, and he was preaching, and he kept going for it, and he kept going for it. And as much as it didn't look like anybody was listening, guess what was listening? His kids were listening. His family was listening. But he still preached, and he still built, and he still preached, and he still built. And then all of a sudden, guess what? God says, Noah, it's time. Go inside. And God shut the door, and the rain came. And afterwards... The virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord. In other words, they have a, a form of godliness. A form of religion. They, they, they knew to call him Lord. They knew to call him Lord, Lord. Many in the last days will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do baptisms in your name? Didn't I sing in your name? Didn't I play the tambourine in your name? Didn't I do these things? He says, I don't even know you. Because if I would have known you, you would have had your oil filled. You would have known what I ordered in the first place. You should have known me by now. I don't do it anymore, but I, I used to because now I have one of those, um, what are they called? Those little things where you put a little cap in there and you make your own coffee? Keurig, yeah, yeah, one of those. But I used to go to a Starbucks all the time. Oh, how could you afford it? I get black coffee, that's it, plain Sorry if I paid $2, but that's what it used to be. But when I would get there, they'd say, oh, black coffee, da-da-da-da. Black coffee, da-da-da. Every time I would go there, black coffee. You know why? Because they know me. They didn't say, do you want a caramacchiano with some creamer and some half and half and some sprinkle? No, I don't. I want black coffee because they know me. Listen, if you know God, you know what he wants. If you know his son, you know what he wants. If you know the Holy Spirit, you know what he wants. He doesn't want your physical items. He wants your hearts. He wants all of you. 
And afterwards the virgins came to him and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Now I want to close with this. And I want all of us to read this together. And I want you to meet it in your heart. I want you to drive this point in your heart now, now more than ever. The Bible says this in the book of Daniel, knowledge shall increase and the end will come. We're going to get into the rapture. We're going to get into the Antichrist. We're going to get into all these things. But you need to know if we don't meet again next Sunday, I want you to get your oil filled today. Just in case he does happen to come back before this week is up, before Wednesday. Or whenever you come back to church, I'm asking that you would fill yourself up now before you hear those words, I don't even know you. Now, verse 13, when I count to three, we're going to read one, two, three. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor hour in which the Son of Man is. We don't know when he's coming. Right? But I got news for you. He's coming. Whether he comes back as a second coming or he comes, or he comes and takes us as a rapture, we'll get into that. It's going to happen. I'm prepared for the rapture, and I'm prepared for the second coming, and I'm prepared if I don't even get, if I get hit by a car tomorrow. You can't just say, okay, okay, here it comes, the signs of times, I finally see them, and all of a sudden you get hit by a car, or something happens to you. You can't live like that. You need to prepare yourself now. So that way when they come and, you know, something happens to you, when they do your funeral, they say, man, that guy was a mighty man of God. I know where he's at. You know why? Because a man will be known by his fruit, not his talk. There's a lot of talkers in this world. A lot of people that talk. And they talk, and they talk, and they proclaim the gospel, and they cast out demons, and they prophesy, and self-proclaimed pastors, self-proclaimed prophets, self-proclaimed apostles, self-proclaimed this and that, but a man will be known by his fruit. A man or a woman will be known by their fruit. And one day Jesus is going to expect our fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness. He says, without there's no such a law. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you do this, you fulfill the law. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. But, 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 first I need to go get married. First I need to go have children. First I got to get a career. First I got to go do this. First I got to do that. He says, those who look back are not fit for the kingdom. Those who look back at your past, at what you did in your past, you're not going to make it. Those who look at the storm, you're not going to make it. But those who fix their eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, let me tell you something. One day you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter your place of rest. Seven is completion. We are in the 7,000 year. How long do we have? 
I can't tell you, but I will tell you this. When he comes back, he comes back like a thief when you least expect it. And with all eyes closed and heads bowed, Father, we see with our eyes the violence in this world. We see with our eyes the demonic activity of people just killing people randomly for the sake of whatever. Just like Cain killed his brother. Why did he kill his brother? Because his brother was righteous and he was evil. There's nothing changed. There's nothing new under the sun. But the good news is our God has never lost a battle. He's never lost. He's never lost one of his sheep. He's never lost his child. He's a mighty God, an awesome God, a powerful God, a great God. We will have victory. We will rejoice in the days he calls his son. Come on in. Daughter, come on in. He says, Peter, remind them. Stir up their pure minds. Remind them. Don't let them forget what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't let them forget what happened in the times of Noah. Tell them this, Peter, that I'm not delayed, that I'm not slumbering. I'm just not willing that my son would perish or my daughter would perish. I'm just giving her a little bit more time. But it also says this, unless he shortened the days, even the elect will be fooled. The elect will begin to say that I don't think he's coming. He's not that type of father. When he makes a promise, he'll show up.